what are they selling at the end of the day? What they're selling is this love and attention, this interaction. And I said, what if we could come up with a way to not have to do that in a live setting that's so grueling? You know, what if we gave them a better medium for creative uh, conversation? Creators and streamers in particular, we're telling them all like, just use this as a tool. Post it to your Discord, post it to your Twitter, post it on IG if you use that. Help the viral loop of growing your audience, sucking in more of your audience each time. And that's what our data looks like. You know, a creator will do it once and they get a bunch of their audience. They'll do it the next time, they get more. They're like, oh, okay, this is real. They do it again, they get more. They keep actually growing how much audience they convert each time they use it because it's fun. Like the feedback is creators really like doing it. They have a really fun time and their audience gets featured. They get the call out, they get the love, they get this thing that is a new form of attention from the creator rather than just the text-based shout out. The future of live video, I think is not going anywhere. It's gonna to continue to grow uh, and get bigger, but there's gonna be some hurdles and a couple of steps back to go steps forward over these next couple of years for sure. Welcome to the Becoming a Creator podcast, everybody. Today, I'm joined by Colin of O. Colin has so much experience, I don't even know where to begin. He has over a decade of experience in the live streaming space, and he's worked at over five different video interactive startups over that time. O is reimagining interaction and community. It's super cool. I got a chance to play with it a lot myself, and you can do a lot of really interesting things. You can post games, you can post challenges, you can post IRL combo starters, you can create collabs with other creators or even your friends, and then get submissions. I think that the really cool thing is it's really changing the way in which you interact with your community. And we'll get into that and we'll show a little bit about that. But Colin, it's awesome to have you on the show. I think you've got a really unique perspective on the industry. And I'm also excited by the company you're building because you've taken that perspective and you're now building a new kind of medium in the space. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Appreciate the introduction. The company has been a, a long time in the making. And yeah, it, it, I think it stems back to a lot of the stuff I've been working on for the last almost 15 years now, starting to feel old. Really, our, our, our sort of coming out party was at TwitchCon when we got to put the app in the hands of a lot of streamers who, in a lot of ways, it was almost custom built for. We're making the app even more approachable so everybody can use it because it is a really fun new interactive medium. First, before we get into O itself, I want to just touch a little bit on your background because as creators in this space, I think it's very rare that we get to hear from someone like you. Having spent the last decade in this space and being an executive at Twitch and, and Ustream, what drew you to live content specifically? Like what made you interested in working in the live space? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it was back in 2008 where I joined Ustream as one of the first employees, kind of the first business-minded employee that they had. And uh, at that time, live video was really, really hard, really uh, expensive. The equipment was uh, expensive. The quality wasn't so great, but it had started tipping the scales because that was right around the same time that Justin TV had launched. Justin TV made a bunch of noise with Justin Khan and the live pack that he was using to stream himself kind of Truman Show style for 24 hours a day. And at the same time, that was when the first kind of puppy cam went viral on Ustream. Some of the writing was on the wall that this was a cool new format that was finally approachable, accessible by regular people in a UGC setting. And so just as a kind of a tech nerd, I wanted to jump in early, leave my boring consulting job, doing media entertainment consulting go, to go work on building stuff because ultimately I wanted to start building my own companies. So yeah, that's where I get started. Did Ustream for almost four years, started another live interactive company uh, that 
that we sold was in the sports space. And then I came on to basically GM Justin TV, be the chief strategy officer at Twitch for more than five years. So I've been in this live interactive space for a long time. And you must have seen such an evolution of the industry and just so many different elements of it that you were at the frontier of figuring out um, because no one had cracked this, right? Like, sure, there was traditional live TV, but online live streaming and like figuring out sharing video info across the world and like different countries in the world and all that, like, and then all the monetization part of it as well. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that live content has faced and maybe we've, we've solve some of those and what are what are like some of the ones that are like big and outstanding that live as a space needs to solve great question i think there's a couple answers i think if you look back to where we were in the Ustream days and, and you looked at kind of our mission then we thought we were going to be the youtube of live but really as it turns out not all content formats make a lot of good sense for live and this is kind of why uh, twitch was right early on to focus on gaming because gaming is something that from a tune-in audience you need to gather you need to gather that audience in this place at the one time. You need to be live for a long period of time. And it's really easy to sit at your computer and play video games for hours, hours a day, because that fodder carries the content experience of being an entertainer versus you haven't seen live comedy as a format that is really taken off, even though comedy is one of the biggest video categories on YouTube forever. But live comedy as a live UGC format, you can't have comedians come on and do the same joke for you know, a minimum of four hours a day to build that momentum and then to have that embedded audience. For the companies that run it, it's a very expensive business to push live video all over the world and still, in most cases, very unprofitable. You've seen the evolution of different players. I was always, I was at Facebook and we were building, at the time, our version of a competitor to Twitch. Microsoft had Mixer. Microsoft shut down. And there's a lot of creators that are listening to this podcast that are creators on Facebook, they're live streamers on Facebook. And they are seeing the layoffs that happen and they are worried that that's going to imply that the platform might go away. Some of their account managers are no longer there. And this is all kind of shaking out live. So we don't really know, but what's going on from a platform perspective when, when Microsoft decides to shut down Mixer or a Facebook or a YouTube is like considering whether or not they should maintain this platform. Ultimately, these things are business decisions, right? And they look at the, the unit economics of delivering um, content globally. It is very expensive and, you know, net net people are losing money. There are some industries that have kind of figured it out, but it's not the same sort of tune in multi hours a day. The economies that have figured out are much shorter form. I think there's a reckoning happening right now in tech and people showing up their business with the recession happening. And they're looking at live video is like, unfortunately, it's not the world's most profitable place to be in. I don't think Everyone's going to shut down everything. You know, there's companies like Amazon that can uh, sustain, you know, having unprofitable businesses because it furthers greater customer value for them across Amazon Prime subscriptions. Facebook is in a similar boat. I don't think they're going to throw it all away because it is uh, an interesting play for them to have the network density of gamers bringing their communities around. And that's everything Facebook relies on. And then similarly, YouTube, you know, YouTube has a very profitable advertising business in, in many countries and also they're part of Google. So that can fulfill uh, advertising business outside of YouTube. So those three have a huge advantage over anyone else coming in in the live video space who doesn't have other businesses to support, you know, unprofitable loss leaders for them. So when you talk about all of this that you've kind of seen going on in the last 10 years, you chose to jump back into the startup arena and build something new. What did you identify was happening that inspired you to go on the journey of building? Oh, 
you know, every great startup story doesn't have the starting point. It was the exact same of where you ended up. And now, you know, I've been building this for almost four years and really kind of just peeled back the veil just in the last month or two. So it's been a big build with a really great team. But, you know, some of the things that I uh, I saw that were opportunities, I call them that rather than anything else. But, you know, there was this idea of interactive video such a diluted term for me. I think it's lost a lot of its power because interactive video for the longest time is it really just meant, you know, you have a live video feed and you have a chat feed and it's a text box, but it's tough. Live is, it's a grind. It feels bad when you lose subscribers and you don't make money just because you took a normal day's time off. And I looked at that and I saw there's an opportunity of what are they selling at the end of the day? And what they're selling is this love and attention, this interaction. And I said, what if we could come up with a way to not have to do that in a live setting that's so grueling, or even as an adjunct for live, where we could distill down, you know, just the chat shout outs that are kind of mind numbing for creators, especially big creators. I get a lot of these things, you know, they come into a lobby after playing a game for 20 minutes and they're just doing a hundred straight shout outs in a row. And that's their stick, you know, back and forth. Um, at the same time, the creative burden of these entertainers really of like, how do they keep things fresh? You know, what if we gave them a better medium for creative uh, conversation starters, give their audience things to do. And if you look at some of the biggest streamers now, they do IRL for an, an hour before they really start their gaming sessions or their main session to wait to let people come in. And then they're floundering in some cases for like, what should we do? What should we talk about? And so I think those are two of the big things that we've solved with our products and that we identified as really big pain points for streamers is how do I dilute down what I'm really selling to just sort of high velocity, high touch interaction with their audiences? And that's kind of O in a nutshell. I'd love to just kind of give a demo to those that are watching that can actually see the process of creating an O. Um, so I yeah. figured why don't like I just try and set one up. We'll run it yep. live and go with Let's it. Do it. Okay, Colin, I'm going to open up O on my phone and I want to ask my followers a question. I'm going to post this out to Instagram and I want them to ask you something by the end of this interview, right? Love so let's it. run this live. So I am in the, the app right now. I am going to host an O and I want to do a Q&A so I can choose from a multiple different formats here. I can choose to do Wordle, reply to me, emoji maker. I'm going to do Q&A. So I'm going to host that. Okay, so I have a bunch of pre-proposed questions or I can ask my own question. What do you want to hear from Colin? Okay, I can now record a video and send that. Hey everybody, I'm here with Colin, the founder of O, and I have a cool opportunity to ask him any question I want. But I wanna pass that to you. Feel free to ask Colin any question and we will ask him live in this podcast, okay? Steven, and then you're every, a pro. So have you done this before? I have <laughs> once or twice. Uh, okay, so I can then, if I'm clear, I can do done. Yep. Oh, cool. So I can trim it up as well. This is like an editor inside too. Cool. So I'm going to cut this up, choose a title, ask. So we'll be becoming a creator podcast. So those in the app will see this, but I can also put this on an IG story. Put it in your Discord, put it, on, put it on Twitter, you can message it to people uh, directly. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that link is your entry point into this O, right? So you could host dozens of O's that all get their own uh, unique links. You could also just post your profile link and say, do all my O's. So it's inside the app already. It just went up on my stories. Yeah. So then anyone who gets back to this, oh, sweet. So anyone gets back to this with it, by the end of this interview, we'll, we'll actually play their question inside the episode. Love it. Creating content daily. Like it's so important that you're posting stories and you're engaging with the community, but it's like, 
doing that every single day mm-hmm. and then you want to get up like you want to go to the gym you want to like get ready to like get ready for live and you've got all your setup and you're running through like emails and whatever mm-hmm. and just like thinking about what the hell to do yeah. on you're not just on one platform you're on like five platforms right and you're like thinking oh like what do i do before i go on live yeah i thought that was really cool because it, it, it lowers the creative friction for sure and, and we didn't want to make people choose right yes you need to download the app to submit today but i don't care that you are building an audience for a feed on our platform and we have to go build this whole consumptive platform that's going to replace how much time you spend on tiktok creators and streamers in particular we're telling them all like just use this as a tool post it to your discord post it to your twitter post it on ig if you use that when you stream live we have the streamer mode that lets you show the whole screen and also gives your audience a QR code to just hold their phone up to be able to quickly jump in while they're still listening, chatting, et cetera. But we didn't want to make it a new cannibalistic platform. We see it as a complementary thing because everything you do, all these React videos you give to your submissions, even your submissions to the uh, streamer that you get the React videos, everything becomes a breadcrumb you can go share out to IG and, and sort of help the viral loop of growing your audience, sucking in more of your audience each time. And that's what our data looks like. You know, a creator will do it once and they get a bunch of their audience. They'll do it the next time. They get more. You're like, oh, okay, this is real. They do it again. They get more. And they keep actually growing how much audience they convert each time they use it because it's fun. Like the feedback is creators really like doing it. They have a really fun time and their audience gets featured. They get the call out. They get the love. They get this thing that is a new form of attention from the creator rather than just the text-based shout out we're thinking about like from a creator perspective we have you know thousands and thousands of creators in our community and one of the things that goes like oh man like should i be on all the platforms at once should i be on you know just two platforms to start with or one platform to start with mm-hmm. and they're like unsure about where to go and i, I think the, the point that you made there's really important is this is not asking them to be on another platform it's enhancing their experience yeah. on whatever platform they're choosing because that's that's what often comes up when there's a new platform mentioned is like oh I now have to go build an audience in this other place, but that's not what's happening here. I mean, every creator who is taking their job even semi-seriously is making every decision based on ROI. ROI of the time, energy, effort, and obviously money. And to choose to go migrate your audience to a new platform, especially a new social platform, nobody really wants that. And that's not what we're selling. I think long-term we're gonna back into that and we'll get there, but we're gonna get there by providing utility and value to those creators first. And then it just becomes ease and convenience why they care and stay on the platform side. Also, I can monetize within the app. You buy tokens in the app such that when you submit to a creator, you can add tokens to boost your submission. And there's two boosts. You can boost for a view or boost for a a React video. And if the creator watches your boosted view, they get those tokens. You get the notification the creator watched it. Everyone feels good. And if you boost for a React, it costs more money because the effort threshold is likely higher than just viewing something. If the creator gives you a React video back, they get those tokens. You get that, that video breadcrumb that you can now share out. And everyone feels good because there was this sort of implicit exchange of what you're going to get out of it. If the creator doesn't do these things, they don't have to. Those tokens go back into that person's wallet. So that's where we started. We wanted to start with sort of a a virtuous cycle of value exchange and not just another tipping platform. So yes, it's support. We position as support your creator because they don't have to do it, but you now give them things to do to earn those tokens, but it's all actually interaction-based. I love that. I just got a bunch of notifications. Ricardo sent me a submission. Malwink sent a submission. So I just click on these submissions. Yep. 
Hey Colin, I'm a partnered streamer on Twitch and I was wondering how should I start using O? That's a great question. I would recommend playing a couple other people's O's first, right? So you get a taste of what is the kind of diversity of content that can be on the platform. Yes, there's games that are really easy to jump into and there's cool ghosting technology where you're playing against the creator and you can see the community's leaderboard that you compete against. There's also simple Q and A's and some of the best Q and A's read almost like a visual video version of Reddit threads, where it's really, really great content and back and forth where the creators responding to all these things. So uh, it sort of depends on what Mallory likes to do, but the very simplest thing after hosting is go post a note. Oh my God. Out. And I can share her response directly to my feed too. So if there was yeah. just something that was not only can I feature within the app, but if something was super funny or like crazy. You can take that and go share it off platform too. We didn't mention that you could be streaming this whole thing live and we built this special plugin. If you use OBS or Streamlabs, you with one button, you've configured it, it takes like one minute. It'll automatically record your whole screen experience as a source in those two. So we are not the live streaming app. We just provide an IP wireless uh, source to your streaming desktop uh, software. So all the React videos you do, all the reviewing of submissions and all your hosting and just navigating around the app can all be shared almost like that's the game you're playing on Twitch or on Facebook or on YouTube. It's interaction and community building on steroids. Cause it, it almost like there's elements of this that are like, as if I have my own Reddit subreddit, yeah. it's like yeah. not that, but it's video. So it's just, and it's video from my community. So it's just like, it's more interactive. I got another one come through. This is from Ricardo. Hey guys, my name is Ricardo. And my question for Colin is, what do you think the future of live streaming is gonna be like over the next couple of years? The cost of delivering video gets cheaper every year and our ability to be smarter about how we deliver video intelligently. I think these you know, non-gaming verticals will have a better chance at cropping up and finding sustainability. I do still think it'd be really hard for any live video platform to come up, you know, out of nowhere to compete because the, the getting started cost to find scale and to build network density is so hard. Twitch will do a, a good job at successfully lily padding away from just gaming as being so core to some of these other verticals. So I think there's going to be a little bit of shift like Twitch's feeling the, the pain of trying to reset expectations around monetization. And part of that is they've just done not an awesome job on the PR front of having that connection and that proper voice that they used to have uh, back in the day with their community to talk them through why it's really challenging, why you know delivering everyone's video for free all over the world so they can build a business on top of it. There has to be some push and pull. And I think creators and streamers are totally willing to get that and understand it. They're just not being spoken to, uh, I think, in the it's right way. They're not being spoken to as adults. It's like yeah. they're entrepreneurs building businesses every single day. Like if you just, yeah. I think if you just spoke plain English to them and said, hey, this is the challenge that we're wrestling with. Yeah. We have good intent. It's just a really complicated challenge that we don't have the answer to. And this is the problems that we're facing. Yeah, and there's a lot of really smart people at Twitch and Amazon, you know, YouTube, probably having these exact same questions. Facebook has, uh, you know, you know, and there's smart, real people behind this having these questions. It's not sort of just iron fist stuff and bluntly, you know, closing your eyes and making some decisions. I think it's just been poor execution on, on the communication front uh, in a big way, because if you put that question back to these people and said, look, hey, literally, here's our economics. What would you have us do? Shut down altogether because this business doesn't make a lot of sense shut off your audiences in countries where you don't monetize very well, or do you have any other good ideas? Let's figure this out together. We all love what we're doing. 
you need to keep building a business so we can keep building a business. Let's figure out how we can do this. I think Twitch thinks they've probably tried to do that. I would argue, and many of the former Twitch colleagues that I'm still friends with that are no longer there probably carry the same sentiment of like, maybe just hasn't been done well enough or you know done with the right way with the right people. So the future of live video, I think is not going anywhere. It's going to continue to grow uh, and get bigger, but there's going to be some hurdles and a couple of steps back to go steps forward over these next couple of years, for sure. Yeah. It seems if I'm a creator listening to you, I need to diversify. Like if I'm all in on purely yeah. live content as my core business, it's doing me a disservice the potential where live as a medium doesn't monetize or some of the economics around that change significantly most of them know this already right it's kind of rare for a big twitch streamer or even medium-sized twitch streamer to not be trying to work on an ig everyone sort of is succumbing to the world that tiktok is eating right now and everyone's kind of got a tiktok you know there's other ancillary ways to make money in the space and this is frankly one of the reasons that we are coming in with the product and the opportunity that we see as a diluted down way that is just way more intentional about selling interaction uh, and giving creators solutions to their creative burnout. So yeah, we see ourselves as being well positioned to this diversification that everybody is doing, but would be smart to really be thoughtful about how you're doing it from the live video space. Because what you're doing is you're building a brand, you're building a community and to not leverage that community to build the business you know, is a mistake if you get to a certain level. And, and really, if you're an up and coming streamer to really think about, I'm building a community, I'm building a brand, I should be thoughtful about my business uh, around that. Because if, if you're good at what you do, your community wants to support you. They, they want to make sure that you thrive and it's, it's okay to be thinking about the diversification of how you're monetizing them and monetizing your brand that you're building. So yeah, every, everyone should be doing that no matter what, you know, whether or not you know, one of these live streaming platforms kind of falls off the face of the earth. There'll be others, there'll be others to capture it. Also, I think just for your own sustainability throughout the months, years that you stream, it's a good idea. Well, I think it's important, not just for those that are established already, but for those who are on that long tail journey of having like a perspective. And I think listening to a podcast like this and hearing someone who's been in the space for the last decade, you're, you, you've like seen all of the challenges that, you know, effectively millions of creators have went through over the last yeah. 10 years. And there's some wisdom in that. Hopefully creators listening to this can learn from and be inspired to change the way that they are you know, building their community and interacting with their audience. Be sure to like, comment, and rate the show. We love to hear from you. Happy streaming, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I wanted to just end this with a little bit of context on why we do what we do. We're former content creators ourselves, and we just really want to help as many content creators as we can. That's why we started Pipeline.gg. It's a platform where you can find other like-minded creators and learn from the pros who have already been there. Get step-by-step -step guidance so you can avoid all the mistakes that we made in the beginning. If you love the episode, there's going to be even more inside of Pipeline. So check it out. Head over to Pipeline.gg.